By the way, I didn't ask you how your Fourth of July was. It was fine. Was there a, was there like a wind up to Fourth oh. of July where for the three days prior they were setting off fireworks? Yeah, I mean that happens everywhere. Is I that feel like. is that is that legal over there? Dude, like, well, if you're outside city limits anywhere in the in the U.S., people are firing off yeah. fireworks. I just feel like there's always sketchy people setting off fireworks for five minutes. Dude, and they run back inside. I lived less than 20 minutes away from Idaho for my entire life. People were sketchy. There were sketchy people nearby <laughs> who were willing to shoot things off and do illegal things. I mean, it's fun. Well, and it's better that way, but they're still doing it over here. Yeah, true. I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard them earlier, but I did sound, actually. It was so loud, dude. They're like a block and a half, two blocks away, and I could feel my floor shake. I don't know what they're setting off. I went to look, and I just saw like a door slam, and I was like, hmm. Doing the that old seems a little sus. Doing the old illegal and run. Yeah, doing the quarter stick of dynamite and dash as they do. What's that thing called? Is it tannerite or something like that? So, actually, I was looking at this yesterday. Tannerite is the name of an explosive target for, for shooting, like guns. And kind of like the phrase, or the, the phrase Band-Aid, how it's actually a brand name, but people use it generically to, to refer to the piece of plastic that you wrap around your cuts. Tannerite is a name brand that has become synonymous with a kind of explosive, I guess. That's also something. If we can make fireworks, we should try that sometime. Make a firework and blow a finger off. That would be awesome. I know someone who did that. Tell my husband someday. Yeah, me too. Your husband? Is that what you just said? What? No, I said it'd be a great story to tell to my grandkids someday. Oh, of course. Sorry. Okay. Want to hop into this? Welcome to the Deep Fried Gaming Podcast, a podcast focusing on games and game news. We do old games, new games, reviews, roasts, and retrospectives. I am one of your hosts, Josh. And I'm the other host, RJ. Um, before we actually hop into this, I do want to read a prepared statement that I have. I prepared a statement for you, Your Honor. Uh, well, I don't know. It's about the podcast and you and me and kind of where we are right now. Oh. Um, I don't know. I wrote it earlier today, but I, I think it's important that I at least read it. Uh, kicking off this episode, I would like to publicly acknowledge... My severe and continued lack of judgment, which was displayed in our previous episode, in which I mistakenly referred to the aforementioned recording as our 29th episode. It was, in fact, our 30th. I disrespected both myself and the co-host of this podcast, and you, as the listener, when I failed to properly confirm my facts before penning them into our podcast archives for all eternity on the internet. I also would like to sincerely apologize to RJ because as a result of my negligence, he, along with the podcast, looked like a joke and a sham. <laughs> I want to be clear, RJ is solely responsible for his own shortcomings, and my mistake has no bearing upon his own failure to live up to his parents' expectations. <laughs> I acknowledge the gravity of my mistake, willingly accept the consequences, and will endeavor to do better in the future. If I had a time loop, I would go back and do it all differently. Similarly to the protagonist of today's game, Deathloop. Good stuff. I like it. Well done. Did you actually do that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I thought about it today because I was like, when I was doing the uh, description and stuff for um, Paper Mario. Paper Mario? Yep. Yeah, that was our 29th episode. 
And I was like, crap, I swear I said episode 29 because I was looking over our previous notes. I'm, yeah, so. Oops. Um, I messed that up. It happens. What's really funny is I was talking to Isaac today. No, he was please. like, he was like, oh, your next episode's your 30th episode. So he'll know, he'll notice when you say 29. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really embarrassing. <laughs> That's kind of funny, though. I like it. I don't, anyway. I don't want a hiatus. But yeah, today's game is Deathloop, a Beth- Bethesda published game, but it's uh, Arcane, which I think it's Arcane, Arcane Leon. Leon or yes. Lion. I don't know what they Leon. pronounce it as. Leon. It's a city in France. It's a French word. You can tell it's French because all of the uh, all of the promotional material that the director did sounded super French to the point that it was <laughs> indiscernible without subtitles nearly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not used to, like, I'm not uh, used to hearing French voices, so that one was hearing him speak was rather jarring. I find it fascinating when uh they choose very very British actors to play American characters. Like who? Uh like uh first one that comes to mind is Joe Bang in uh Logan Lucky. Uh you're He's talking about by, uh how uh, oh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, yeah. Daniel Craig is awesome. And they, they give him like a southern accent. Yeah, that like, was so I, funny, dude. I don't understand why they do it sometimes. Okay. There's many, many different characters you could choose. Not going to lie, that, but that yeah. movie was fantastic. That was a really <laughs> good movie. Fantastic. Now, I have not finished a Dishonored game. I found the first one to be quite frustrating with the stealth. Um, But you have. Yes. In fact, I think you mentioned the previous episode that it's one of your favorite franchises. Correct. Correct. If not in the episode, then in casual speaking between now and then. So because what I've, are the I've recently between these two games? Well, the, like the biggest ones, you would say. Uh, the existence of the shift slash blink ability, something that is a staple yeah. to our game. <laughs> I don't think they're able to make a game that doesn't have a, an ability of that sort because that exists in Prey too, doesn't it? Yeah, that's in Prey too, isn't it? I never use Typhon mods, so. Um. So yeah, that's a thing. Uh, the way the physics works, obviously, since it's in the void engine is all very similar. Um, and there's not really any way around that. Uh, the way that the ragdolls occur, the way that certain NPCs or various objects like collide and then shoot off into the air randomly. That's a, that's a thing as well. One thing that was pretty bad with this game in terms of the engine running and, that stood out as apart from the other arcane games is that this thing ran like crap. <laughs> it did not feel like um, an other arcane game, like in that sense, because so, Prey so ran pretty good. Getting? I was getting Frame-wise. probably around 45 FPS. Okay. So that's gotta be somewhat a computer thing. I don't know what the deal is, why I can't get my freaking. I think I've said this before, actually, because I've complained about this, but <sighs> I keep getting my stuff capped at 60 and yeah. this game was no exception, but there was a brief moment, like three hours where it was uncapped and it, the, the G sync was working and it wasn't screen tearing and it was 111 frames on average dropping down to around 80. That's wild. I've had, yeah. I've and either heard... way, either way, when it was capped at 60, it was like a solid 60. That's Except fair. I was like getting 60 super... when I wasn't having any other programs run as well. I, I am getting some CPU bottlenecks, I think, on my uh, desktop, but it, it is bottlenecking worse than most other games that I played. 
I mean, any other game that I was playing, yeah. whether it's Valorant, Fortnite, Wolfenstein, Dishonored 2, I'm getting 60 plus frames and then it'll dip down occasionally. But this one was sitting at 45 and then dipping down to, to 30 or 20 when I had Discord open or if I was in an online session or what have you. So there was yeah. definitely a good deal of performance issues and uh, doing my research, the that was one of the biggest things that people complained about was, was the performance. Thing. It was yeah. really bad. Um, and launch especially. I, I think they've patched a lot of it, but yeah. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised because, yeah, if it was stuttering and doing all the things that I was doing on my PC rig for anyone else, it would be damn near on un- unplayable. <laughs> but I, I mean, I had to kind of keep my my video calls off when I was playing that game just because it would it would they take did. so much. So yeah. That being said, though, it did look good. It was a, a good looking game. One of the things I've enjoyed most about. Uh, arcane games is that they're stylized well to have that kind of like realistic feeling in the user interface and in various elements of the world itself like in the environment this is the most cartoonish arcane game i think i've seen prey definitely goes for the most realistic look there's uh definitely some cartoonish elements in dishonored that have like these massive hands and dishonored 2 is actually pretty is uh less so but dishonored one is pretty yeah yeah either way it's far and away my my favorite in terms of uh, art style i love i love the art style of this this game and the characters they all have masks on so you don't see how most of them (laughs) most of them have masks on so you don't see how hideous their faces are yeah which arcane seems to be known for how atrocious their character model faces however look. yeah this they they did break new ground this game and make attractive characters which was mind-blowing to me did the, so did the masks look weird to you they looked re, not low resolution they just had no texture on them it was it was kind of bizarre i didn't ever really pay it attention like it was to a them. full head well like when you you did a lot of stealth kills right so when you go up behind them and you pop their neck or whatever flip their head back did you didn't notice their, it's like their face there the was mask. like textures on them and it, I, I guess it did look uh not like low res like it, it kind of like really looking like it hadn't rendered fully yeah okay so the, i think it's probably i don't know if that's product, which is performance weird. or if that's just poor design hard to say um all the rest of the game did look really good though the environments were pretty pretty well done um, enjoyable to look at when again it was performing right but that's always the caveat with this kind of stuff especially when uh, yeah. when it's death loop <laughs> well the thing is I, it didn't run great on, on consoles either not phenomenal but definitely better than it did on PC upon release yeah but I do remember people point. on PS even PS5 complaining about it yeah it, it's a shame when people buy a game like that at launch and there's a reason why I I was really tempted to buy this game when it first came out, but I, I resisted. I'm glad I did because I think it's worth the playthrough running well. Yeah. Even at 60 as opposed to 25 with stutters and yada yada. But yeah, that's always the the sad thing about this kind of stuff is when a game is really fun, but it doesn't really perform well and it kind of tampers the experience a little bit. I would love if I even got a consistent 60 frames on this game uh it would have made the experience like that much better 
but yeah. there's something to be said with uh, gameplay uh, carrying the weight on that one because the performance really wasn't there. However, the experience was overall, in spite of the bad graphics where like some of the graphical issues I was having is enough to sometimes maybe put down a game. But it was so fun throughout that I really couldn't stop playing it. You said you were playing it in 40 frames sometimes, and I could not believe that. Believe I it. <laughs> I don't know if I could have done it. But appara- yeah, apparently you did, and you had fun. So that's impressive. Yeah. But- Deathloop's one of those really weird games where it's not a great game, but it was really fun. You know what I mean? Like, it had plenty yeah. of flaws and things to to pick at, and it definitely did, didn't deserve the rave reviews that it got when it first released. Definitely not when it first released. But... It was really fun. I'm curious, does this one sit above or below Prey for you? I know that Dishonored sits at the bottom, but I'm curious where this one sits. We briefly discussed this. You had mentioned something along the lines of, I don't know what, I, I don't know how to talk about this game because it is so fun, but has probably the most glaring issues of any arcane game. Yeah. And I totally agree with that sentiment. This far and away was the most fun I've had with an arcade game. I loved minus one level, which, you know, Mm -hmm. I loved this game. I loved every level of this game and I did it basically all without stealth, which I I think is semi blasphemous Mm -hmm. in the world of arcane, but it was such a blast to play for that reason. I would probably put it above prey again, not because I think it's a better game. I do not think it's a better game than prey. I think prey is darn near a perfect game but just the fun factor i think if i had to pick now uh, one of the two to replay it would probably be death loop admittedly i have played twice that's the thing though i don't know if i choose to replay death loop it's very fun but we'll get into this later on but the way that it's structured doesn't really invite replayability unfortunately also true there was a video that i saw pulled up uh, that came up in my um, suggested video feed because I was watching Deathloop content and it was like breaking down Arcane's genius game design in Deathloop talking about the, the structure of the game itself mm-hmm. and it bothered me because that's exactly the weakness of this game <laughs> maybe you're just wrong there's a possibility Are you a game design expert no I'm no expert but then again I've been willing to depart with the experts on many a matter but well, I think we should definitely hit it at some point but I have one thing to say, though. We can yes. absolutely cannot gloss over the soundtrack. I have a soft spot for the kind of like the mid-1900s big band swing. The music in this game is so freaking phenomenal. This is yeah. the top maybe two soundtracks I've listened to this year of any game, perhaps in the last two years. It is so obscenely good. And if nothing else... I got some fantastic songs to add to my games playlist. Uh, a couple of the really good ones are Space Invaders, which is the Char- the Charlie oh, Charlie Montague theme, as yeah. well as Hazardous, which is Harry Harriet's theme, I think. Uh, it's interesting how the soundtracks work, but it is it is so energetic and so so stylized to a perfect point. I cannot say enough good. It it, it almost is like a. I played very loud, so I always had the energetic stuff, not the stealth stuff. But it's it's almost like uh, an, an off-brand Doom in how the gameplay works and how once, you, once you're once you loud, the music is just blaring in the background and you're 
popping heads and swapping weapons and such a blast yeah. that the soundtrack is absolutely integral to this game uh both in its its application during gameplay and the accompaniment that it offers during um mm-hmm. stealth and story yada yada so i just had to shout that out because it is phenomenal true I agree with pretty much this whole sentiment that Josh is laying out there as far as the, the soundtrack's concerned. It's not my favorite soundtrack to listen to on its own, but it is enjoyable. Now, as for the game itself, it exists in this very 19... What do you say? 1950s, 60s, 1960s. Yeah. 1950s or 60s aesthetic. Uh, actually set in the 1930s uh, on an island that loops every single day. Hence the name Deathloop. And you're playing as Colt, replaying the same day every single day as Juliana hunts you down and you are trying to break the loop and she is trying to stop you from breaking the loop. And your uh, means of breaking the loop is to kill every single one of the quote unquote visionaries in a single day. These people are basically fail safe switches in human form that you have to destroy in order to break the loop, utilizing various guns, gadgets, and superpowers it's a fantastic concept it kind of fantastic concept it it kind of mixes uh mystery slash shooter yeah together into one into one uh game what what recent game did we play that was a mystery game backbone uh, yeah i guess 12 minutes 12 <laughs> yeah sure that was a mystery of sorts <laughs> it was a mystery how bad can this how, get how do they possibly come to the conclusion that this was a good idea <laughs> how could they go any lower than they already did and then they introduced incest <laughs> whoa spoiler dude <laughs> spoiler okay sorry spoilers for 12 minutes bleep an episode that, that we covered in fall bleep it well, some, but not everyone's played it they don't have xbox game pass or 24 dollars hey if you like point and click adventure it's actually not a bad game you just have to be prepared hey if you to... like then you'll okay, love 12 can... minutes you're just making more work for yourself, dude. I know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, there's two different like main ways to play this game. One is loud and one is stealth. You took the stealth oh, route. I thought you were going to say one is Colt is when one is Juliana. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say that. That's also true, but that's not really... You don't. You can't finish the so game. So there's four playing. ways to play this no, game. Not, no, there's not. There's three ways to play there's this two. game. There's just two ways. There's three. There's no, three ways. There's not, because you can't win there's the game. There's Juliana, there's loud, and then there's quiet. You, you, you so there's a third way no you can't not. yeah that's incorrect Whatever. it's factually incorrect wrong. because you can't complete the game as juliana but you can still play the game that way you didn't say there's multiple ways to complete the game you said there's multiple ways to play the game okay screw it technicality nine <laughs> there's three <laughs> well technically i could play this game without my pants on too if we're if we're gonna go that direction oh you're right Arcane, truly a studio of infinite possibilities. You can play this game any way you so desire. Nobody's making you wear pants. Except for the fact that there's only one solution to the problem of how to get all of the visionaries killed in a single day, which is the single limiting factor of this game. Okay, it's not the single limiting factor, but it's one of the limiting factors. (laughs) (laughs) We did talk about how this game ran at 45 frames a second on my computer already. (laughs) It's a substantial limiting factor. One one could call that a limiting factor. (laughs) Anyway, so you can play this game loud or quiet. Josh chose loud because he hates stealth and also fun. And I chose quiet because I like ingenuity and fun. (laughs) All right. That's not true. (laughs) Anyway, did you enjoy playing the game fun? 
or whoa did you enjoy your (laughs) Freudian slip idiot regresses decisions (laughs) L plus wrong word plus you lose get ratioed go loop (laughs) um uh, okay so first of all I kind of evolved in my play style when you start uh, start at the beginning of the game you don't have a ton of stuff you really just have one loud pistol and you've got a machete that you can use to to cut some fools up with so I started off that way and it didn't make sense to me to go quietly because A, it wasn't very fun, B, you didn't really have any options, and C, it was way slower and much harder to do than to just gun everybody down. And this is a uh, pretty common thing uh, that <laughs> I think we both came to understand. This game is very easy. There's yeah. no there's no difficulty. The AI is very dumb and they're very easy to kill. <laughs> the AI has two brain cells amongst yeah. the entire ai team and that includes the visionaries the visionaries just happen to be wearing kevlar on their head yeah yeah they the the visionaries are not any smarter or uh genius than any of the other no enemies they just can take more and they just happen to say funnier things sometimes true incidentally (laughs) so as as the game evolved so did my play style i never went full-on sneaking behind cars and choking people out but as I got some silenced weapons, I would kind of do what I refer to as rushed stealth, which is strategically taking out these folks as I ran through in a way that nobody would know. So it's effectively stealth, but in an accelerated form, much more sloppy, things would go loud 50% of the time, and then I just blow heads off, which is what I really wanted to do anyways. But you were going to play the stealth game for a minute, just to entertain it. And, 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 And... To be fair, if I did some really stellar shifts and Nexus uh, kills, it felt really awesome. Yeah, true. And about the three quarters of the way through every encounter, I would attempt to speed stealth through it to varying degrees of success. So yeah, for the most part, it was loud and I never was upset when it went loud because I loved the music. I loved the gunplay and uh, I loved the ragdolls because holy crap, ragdolls are awesome. I should correct you. When you say you love the gunplay, what I think you meant to say is you love the rapier. Yes. <laughs> that that was my main for sure. But you got to give me like more insight on, on to, into how you played the game because I legitimately tried. I think there was one level where it basically forced you until you figured out what was going on to play stealth. Other than that, it was very fast paced for me. What is what does stealth actually look like in this game for, for you as an arcane veteran, I suppose? Yeah, this is kind of different than a lot of my experience with Arcane because as anyone who's played Dishonored knows, there's a morality system involved. Cringe. So unless you have a billion sleep darts, which you cannot do unless you break the game, you have to either use hand-to-hand combat or sleep darts sparingly to knock people out and then move their bodies. So you're generally just sneaking around. This game allows you to kill people without repercussion because and even like pats you on the head as you as you do because they disappear only to return in the next loop so anyone that you kill isn't actually dead arcane proving it again that they won't allow you to kill anyone without you making feel without making you feel bad for it so i killed a lot of things it was very easy to kill lots of things because the ai is kind of derpy but uh, like you said the gameplay the gunplay is fun i don't know what it is about it but the the gun play itself was very snappy and it allowed for it to be enjoyable to kill lots of things. And especially with the Nexus ability, watching six bodies <laughs> drop after you fire one bullet, all from 
very dispersed area. Yeah. It's very fun. You just see this web. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Drops. Upgrading the Nexus is second only to upgrading Shift. Yeah. Now, this game doesn't have a quick save or a quick load feature. It trained me not to be a little perfectionist because in most other games of this sort, I have a tendency to kind of save scum, not because I don't like the action, but just because I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. And so whenever I make a mistake, I'll go back and fix the mistakes and basically play to get like the perfect run where you don't get detected, et cetera, et cetera. And then eventually I've played the level enough that I can do that without needing to save scum. But I have a really hard time doing the get detected and hide thing. This game you have to because it's it kind of time locks you. Once you start a level, you're you're in the level. You can't really save and quit without having to like start over or go back to exactly where you were. So I was forced into the action every once in a while too. And it's very fun to kill lots of things really quickly and loud. But yeah, with once you get the shift ability, honestly, the game kind of gets a little too too easy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah, well, what kind of stuff did you put into your uh, personal like perks slots? Because I I buffed my um, ma- I don't know, what is it magic power banner I guess it's the blue bar. Generic, oh yeah, it's a generic like stamina bar I guess. It I think it's literally just called power. Power. Okay. Well, it's yeah. Creative at least. Yeah, I buffed that so I could shift all over the place. I just shifted all over everybody. It's just so fun. There's a reason that they put it in all their games. It's because it's a super fun ability to have it in the game. And on top of that, Nexus helps a lot with uh, stealth situations. I basically ran a Nexus plus shift loadout every single round. Barring a few instances where I used the invisibility one, just because I figured Juliana might be coming to get me and I didn't <laughs> want to get get ganked. It was really fun sneaking through all the different portions of the level. One thing that this game really is uh, that's enjoyable about this game is that uh, there's four map sectors and it changes each time, uh, each part of the day. It's different, um, sometimes drastically so, sometimes mildly so, but there is different things in each in each area. So you can kind of explore something new every single time. And so uh, sneaking around was rewarding for most of the time. As it always is for those that like stealth gameplay. Were you pretty good at it or did it go loud often? I didn't go loud very often, honestly. I was pretty good. Okay. Um, but the that's the thing. The AI is kind of weird. Like sometimes it would just not notice anything. Like you could drop a body right next to them and they would just <laughs> not notice. Then other times their alertness was just through the roof and they would notice a pencil dropping from across this big room and you'd be busted instantaneously. So... It, it was one of those ones where I would sometimes get caught and I would just play it out and it was fine. Mm. The thing is, is that I, that I did notice is that not very large areas of the map went on alert when you get caught. So you'd be yeah, fighting all yeah. these people and the next room over, nobody's the wiser. Yeah. So you clear out the room of four or five people and then you just continue on your way. Like the whole base doesn't go on lockdown, you know? Mm-hmm. They're in, they're incredibly dumb. I think the one exception to that would probably be uh, in Updom. In the you think the, so? Yeah, it seems like if you tipped somebody off, most most of the fury of hell will be on your head in moments. Not everybody. Yeah, but awesome. a lot of them. It feels like a, yeah, a bigger radius, and it's just because like it's, it's like a chain reaction. I think if somebody sees another person alert, they become alerted, and it's a chain reaction throughout this entire building. Is what it felt like. You're talking about the night party, right? Yeah, that's the only part of the game where it genuinely felt like I had to be 
you know, on my A game in order to survive. Yeah. That is kind of was... like, it is, a, they definitely make it feel like it's the final battle kind of place. For some reason, they made the AI really smart there, which is really weird because they devolved in some really weird ways from Dishonored 2, which has a much more intelligent AI and a much more customizable AI too. This is one of the pitches that I made to you to get you to try and play Dishonored 2, but there's a very hands-on approach to the difficulty setup. You can tweak all sorts of things about the AI and the way that the enemies respond to you. Uh, there's You can alter their overhead alertness, their general alertness as, in terms of things directly in their line of sight their sound perception, your visibility to them in the light. Are they aggressive, timid? How many people, how long do they search after you've disappeared? All that kind of stuff. Uh, there's none of that in this game. This is, it's just like, you got your AI and they're kind of stupid. It's easier to get by and not notice it if you're playing overly stealthy, which I was, but I, it definitely would probably be more noticeable to people who play the game loud. I noticed that a lot of the people that I saw complaining about it were complaining about it from the perspective of in loud scenarios and how enemies kind of tend to just funnel towards you from point A to point B and not really alter their course or their actions really, making themselves pretty easy targets. Yeah. But none of this stuff is really game breaking because at the end of the day, the way I kind of think about AI is that it's there to punish you when you get caught and you make a mistake and really whether or not i notice when an ai is pretty bad in terms of stealth games like this is are they able to recognize that i've made a mistake because ultimately a stealth game is a puzzle game of sorts just in a 3d plane and you can remove the barrier so to speak yeah it did you kill everybody because it's really not hard to avoid them once you get shift you can really uh, shift around the entire map pretty painlessly i killed part. people sparingly for the most part, okay. unless there was something that I needed in a room where there was lots of people. By the way, enemies disappear and evaporate instantaneously upon death for some reason. Presumably, they are going to come back in the next loop, but it never really mm -hmm. explains why they disappear after they die. Right, as opposed to just sitting there and then and disappearing yes. once the day ends. Um, Yeah, I don't know if that's explained. There's enough like pseudoscience jank in this game that it doesn't bother me. It's a game about a time loop. Yeah. So it is what it is. And that's always going to open itself up to all sorts of plot holes and issues scientifically and all that kind of stuff. So you can only make so much sense of it. Yeah, Any it game or movie sense. or anything that tries to make tries to make sense of time manipulation always ends up creating more problems than than they fixed. But that's just how manip time manipulation stories go. They it worked enough for it to be fun and enjoyable. Now I'm curious, which was your favorite level or or task in the game? Um, up Dom is my favorite level. Really, Up Dom? Uh, yeah. The, the final one. Hmm. I I presume in nighttime. Um, just in general, the map itself. I love the the layout of the map, and I love the the club there as well as I have some mm. some decent memories of a couple of Juliana fights, both uh, pursuing and being pursued. There were some really great fights there. But I, uh, I, just, I just like the layout of it in general. Uh, that one and the complex. The complex is awesome. There's a couple folks there uh, who, who have some fun kills. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the addition of Juliana was a pretty fantastic one, as long as it was executed well in terms of network connectivity. Yeah, did you uh, have issues with your network? I would boot up the game and yeah. probably 75% of the time I would say, you can't connect to the network, which means 
for some reason, I couldn't play as Juliana, but other people could raid me. And maybe it was a CPU. I don't know. But they had like people names. Yeah. Um, I had that problem from time to time. I also had issues connecting to your timeline, which would have because been I was offline. a deep well of fun. It always said that you were unavailable, mm-hmm. but you were able to raid my timeline. I would have like weird lags in the game. However, it would work a good majority of the time. It would it would just kind of glitch out like a good 20% of the time. But when it worked, it was super fun. Having a real life person chasing after you added an element of tension that you just can't have with an AI. Like knowing that there's some like a real actual person out there, A, it adds a level of complexity to the gameplay because you actually are trying to outsmart a person which plays and behaves differently than an AI, as well as the chance that this person's actually really good at the game and not just some toddler with a controller yeah. that you know can't kill you, you know? Well, the stakes are also moderately high as well. When you're playing through this game, you have to do a lot of things on a, a particular at a particular time in the day, in the morning or in the afternoon, maybe at night. And so if you get all the way through a day and you get a bunch of stuff done, and then you're, you know, you're at, at the night section... When Juliana in- invades you, you have to kill Juliana or escape. Otherwise, you're going to have to reset that day. At the yeah. very least, get back to night. However, the saving grace is that generally speaking, you know, unless you're on the final loops or something, there isn't like a, a, f- a full through line to where you have to reset and replay the entire four days again. And you can skip through days. So if you have something you just have to finish up at night and you do get uh, killed by Juliana, it's not so uh, uh, inconvenient that it's rage-inducing or frustrating to uh, an unnecessary degree. But it's enough that it definitely gets your heart pounding. For sure. And that's kind of where the I think a lot of my complaints as well as enjoyment kind of can come boil down to in this Juliana thing where it's uh, basically the execution leaves something to be desired, but it's there enough that it's super fun to engage with, if not for a super long time, just long enough to get through the game and just thoroughly enjoy every minute of it. But I'll be honest, I'll probably have a hard time going back to Deathloop. But it's super fun for the time that you're playing it. I think if Arcane was to kind of revisit this idea or a lot of the concepts in it, but with a little more polish, then they would have an absolute winner of a game on their hands. Okay, so I have, I guess I have two things that I, I feel mixed on. The first thing, we have mentioned the way that this loop works. It's split into four sectors, four areas, and four times of day morning noon afternoon and night so you start the day in the morning you can choose any one of these four areas to go to updom complex carl's bay and whatever the last one is once you leave that area it becomes the next time of day right and then you rinse and repeat four different levels or the same level four times however that shakes out whatever you're doing now this is opposed to what they could have done where it's kind of a real time a like Outer Wilds, it's a 20-minute loop or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's levels instead of an open world or interconnected world, and you have to basically set events in motion that you never actually see happen during this time. That's what kind of gets me about it. Right. I think that the whole critique of like, oh, it's all about time, but time's stagnant, that kind of doesn't really wash for me because if you're going to actually put that into practice, that's a mess. Is there a way to do that, though? Do you think? <sighs> Theoretically, but you'd have to kind of rebuild a lot of the game to make it work. What I think they should have done 
is they should have had certain events transpire over the course of the game. Like there's a stagnant state that it's in at the end after a certain amount of time. So like, let's say you start the level, there's a 20 minute timer. And that first 20 minutes of you existing in that world, things are happening, things are moving. You're like, you can catch things happening in real time, but there's like a resting state that 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 level goes into once all of the events of that level are completed. Right. I think that's probably like the best middle ground that you could do to preserve the gameplay. Um, you could preserve enjoyment of the level and still have time sensitive tasks inside each uh, level, but also having it be workable because it, it is, it doesn't feel time sensitive. The game tells you that it's time sensitive. Oh, you have to go here and do this during the noon time. Like once you get in there, you have you could sit there for two, three, four, five hours, and it wouldn't matter. It's more like a matter of it's playing it like a game of Simon Says. Hit the red button and then go do X. Hit the green button and go, then go do Y. It, it, like you said, it's not time sensitive. I think what you're what you're suggesting would actually make exploration a lot more organic too, because when you enter a new level, you know things are now in motion. You know there's a twenty minute. Yeah. Or again, similar to Outer Wilds which this is exactly how it works, except for it's an entire universe on a level, right? Yeah. You get to explore. And as you explore these certain things, you realize, oh, well, this uh, was not here before. How did that get there? And you can come back later, you know, come back later in another loop and actually organically explore that. Now, the thing is, this game, not only in the way that the, the levels are arranged in those time periods, but also in the way that it feeds you the narratives and the mystery. It is absolutely spoon-fed to you it's not yeah and the 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 thing is it's kind of obtuse and the way it's written if if it wasn't spoon-fed this would be an agonizingly difficult game which is a problem because i think yeah the solution they came up with is to just put map markers and easy easy you could play this game not read a single thing you wouldn't know what's going on to be clear but you could just go oh i there's there's a there's a diamond, like it just puts a little diamond on, on the day and says, oh, you got to go here at noon. Go, okay, go here at noon, run to the little marker, pick up a paper or whatever, and then run back, exit the level. It'd be super easy yeah. to do that. And that is a problem because that means you don't actually have to turn on your brain in order to solve this mystery. And it's actually and just... Unfortunately, that's basically how it is. <laughs> it's basically a checklist. It, you, you can recognize things that you're going to be doing down the road but you don't really have the freedom to do it how you want to do it. As we said earlier, there's only one way to complete this mission. Unlike both Prey and Dishonored, who have kind of a more do-it-your-way kind of approach. Granted, Dishonored's a little more on rails because there's, at the end of the day, only one non-lethal way to handle a given threat. But the way that you go about doing that task is very much up to you. Deathloop is very on rails for the large portion of it, and... I'm curious what experience if you had any with this or noticed it, but I feel like it spoon fed all the wrong things to you and left all the wrong things up for up for you figuring it out. Like it spoon fed all of the steps, all of the things. Once you did a thing, once you quote unquote read a piece of key material, it would then say on your screen, basically a boiled down version of it saying, Oh, it looks like so and so needs this at this time. Come back here at that at this time to do this thing, and it just tells you the solution instead of reading the information and allowing the player to deduce. It it forces you to do it their way. Well, yeah, but the thing is, again, with the way this game is made, even if it didn't explicitly tell you what time to come back, it's gonna be inside of your notes anyways. 
because that little menu system, you just click, okay, I'm going to follow this trail. It's cool how they organized it with the, you know, the visionaries. Each visionary has their yeah. own little, this, their own little, uh, Charlie Kelly board that goes down the, <laughs> the little, the little trail, right? And so you click on it and then it just, yeah. it, but it just spoon feeds you the next mission in that sequence. So even if yeah. it didn't explicitly tell you, it would still show up on that board and you could still go back and go, I have no idea what that thing said, but if I just click on Charlie Mont- Mont- Montague's uh, visionary, <laughs> visionary board, huh? um, then it'll, it'll <laughs> give me the next mission. Yeah. And that's the, that's the problem. It's fundamentally an issue with how it's, with how the, the, the mission system is set up, regardless of what they tell you in the, in the level. And I think this is a problem with, like expectation setting fundamentally and not so much with the design because this is not an unfun game. Mm-mm. It's super fun to do these tasks that it lays out for you. However, the problem is, is that it said, well, this is an investigation. You're unraveling this mystery. You have to figure out how to do this, but you don't have to figure out how to do this. Arcane tells you how to do it. You just have to go to the right places at the right time for them to then give you the next little tidbit that tells you where you have to go. My my uh, my frustration wouldn't exist pretty much because at the end of the day, it's not unfun. I had a great time. Mm-hmm. I just was under the impression that it was going to be something different. Yeah. And I was excited for that different thing because that different thing is super duper appealing. It's effectively like an, an, an FPS. I hate to go back to this for a third time, but man, that experience that we had with Outer Wilds, solving that mystery together... Mm-hmm. It does some similar things. If you read a piece of literature or something, you know, a, a, a scribe wall or whatever they're called in Outer Wilds, it records all the data in your computer. But like RJ was saying, it doesn't tell you what to do with it. You have to piece yeah. that together. And I don't know if you could really do that with the way this game is formatted, but the experience of going through collecting all of the data organically, by the way, even you have to find it yourself which the you know you technically kind of can do if you're not tracking a mission in in death loop but yeah it it feeds you it feeds you information that even if you were the sharpest tack in in the the box that is full of tacks you wouldn't make that connection it's just like oh okay i guess we're jumping three steps down the trail instead of just the one but but at the same time, it's it's um it's so fun though. That that's the freaking thing, man. I think objectively, the way I'm, I don't know if I should say objectively, but I feel like objectively the way that they did this game and its structure is a weakness. Like it is one of the weakest ways they could have told a story like this. But I don't care because I had such a blast with it, and that's ultimately. I, th- I think where I end up landing yeah. with this game. This is part of why I really want you to play Dishonored 2. I understand the frustration that you have with Dishonored 1, but I feel like Dishonored 2 kind of really takes the best of level design and exploration from Prey and the best of what Deathloop, I think, could be in terms of like making it a level that you actually move through and mm, allows you to be stealthy or loud and chaotic. Uh, that's a conversation for another time, but um, I think it would be uh, awesome to round out the arcane experience because his sitting here talking about about Deathloop just makes me want to play Dishonored too, which is why I've been replaying it this that's last week. I've been playing it. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this game is awesome. Still, <laughs> even on the fourth or fifth playthrough, it's still yeah. really enjoyable. Um, I do plan to. Yeah, and and I think that's ultimately why Deathloop holds the place in my heart that it does. 
it has all the main building blocks that Arcane uses to make really fun games, but it doesn't mm-hmm. capitalize on and then move forward with them in a way that's uh, effective. It's really fun as a game, but if you were to compare it to other Arcane games, it's the worst made Arcane game. But it's still yeah. a really fun game because it has all of those really important pieces there that make their games fun. I Yeah, I'm totally in agreement. I will say that I... I do not believe I would have had fun with this game if I forced myself to play stealth. Like, hardcore stealth. Quite possibly, but you're not a huge stealth it guy depends. anyway, though. There are certain games that I do enjoy stealth. Um, oddly enough, I take every opportunity I can to play stealth in Uncharted 4. <laughs> Which is it's weird, because it's not really primarily a stealth game, but it has the option, and I, I very much enjoy... It's almost cinematic, I suppose. There's a cinematic nature to it that I greatly enjoy. I, I do find that stealth tends to be a little bit tedious for my liking, and a lot of games do make you just when a lot of poorly, games do yeah. just make you ha- you know wait for enemy pathing. I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn, and I I do yeah. a good deal of stealth in that. I, I enjoy that a good deal as well. There's an there's enough tools that are at my disposal that I can have some pretty engaging and tense encounters, and there's enough enemy variety there that it's not just walk to enemy and hit e right like uh it's like some game yeah. or wolfenstein really is like that there's not a whole lot of variety to it it's all effectively the same so Correct. i think there's a there's a really really wide number of games and styles under the banner of stealth and i'd probably enjoy this as a stealth experience more than a lot but there's just no chance when shooting was that snappy and that fun I was going to engage full-time in, in the stealth fantasy when I could just ha- be in the middle of my gluttonous Doom clone. No, not Doom clone. My my gluttonous power trip with uh, the rapier and shotgun. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I might what go a back combo. To tonight and stay up too late. Especially with the toxic cloud. Uh, I didn't use that because it freaking killed me like three times. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Anyway. Listen, if you like Arcane Games, Prey, if you like Dishonored, you will love Deathloop. It's a super fun game, but don't expect something from it that it will not give you. That being a deep story, fantastic performance from a graphics perspective, high levels of replayability, or open-ended problem solving. Those are things that Deathloop cannot give you. It will, it will give you the blink ability. It will give you <laughs> yes. really fun game uh, gunplay. It will give you stealth. It will give you fun PvP if you can get it to work right. It will give you an awesome aesthetic to a game. All the basic building blocks of arcane games that make them great. So, by all means, buy this game, play this game. It's well worth the money. I would love to see this game reappear in another form later down the road uh, from the same studio after they perfect their method on this one. Deathlap 2 Electric Boogaloo. The least high quality but arguably the most fun from a pure adrenaline pumping standpoint arcane game to date every once in a while a game comes along that is just an absolute blast this is a very gamey game it is unapologetically gamey in every sense from all the dumb little abilities that they throw in there which are classically classically arcane just to the way that it's played with all the little markers all over your map, leading you like a very blatant neon breadcrumb trail. It's not challenging. There's ridiculously stupid AI. But 
under all of that nonsense, it's just an absolute blast to play. Don't play it stealth. RJ's wrong. Don't listen to Josh. <laughs> play every game you can stealth. It's more fun. <laughs> stealth is a superior gameplay method. Yeah. So anyways, um, next time we play Doom, go ahead and play it stealth. See how that works out for you. Idiot. Point is, I, I think there's perhaps two different schools of thought with this game. And your experience may vary wildly depending on which one you choose. For me, it, no doubt, loud is the way to go. This game is absolute chaos in the best possible way. It's fast paced, it's frenetic. The shooting is so incredibly satisfying with some of the best ragdolls I played in years, literal years. And the soundtrack that backs it up is absolutely stellar. Which by the way, I, I would imagine RJ didn't hear a whole lot of because he played stealth. Because there's the loud and there's the quiet version. All that being said, yeah, for sure. I, I don't I don't know if I'd pay full price necessarily. It's not a super well, I don't want to say it's not a super long game. It's decently long. If you have the money, buy a full price. If you're looking for a game that'll stick with you and it's going to be impactful, maybe go on sale. Either way though, I think it's solidly worth a playthrough. And it's one of the most fun games I played this this year while not being the best made. For sure. I, it'll probably, by the time 2022 comes to a close, this, this game I will imagine. probably go in my top five in terms of games I played for the yeah. first time this year. Anyway, folks, that's enough for us. This has been the Deep Fried Gaming Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard here, then we have social media profiles for you to check out on Twitter and on Instagram. We put up teasers, updates, content clips, and more. We also have an email inbox open. You can email any questions, game suggestions, comments, or hate mail there, and they might get read on the show if deemed worthy. All links are in the description below. Finally, if you like the topics we covered here, check out our partner website at harddrivesegment.com for articles, reviews, blogs, the Deep Fried Gaming homepage, and more. He's a dear friend of the podcast and a thoughtful creator himself. He writes about philosophy, games, film, music, manga, and much, much more. We would love it if you went and took a look at his website, and so would he. Until next time, folks. We'll see you lovely people the next episode.